It's time for JT the Brick. Receiver from the University of Colorado, number 21, Cliff Branch. We kick off the summer of Cliff Branch. Target drops back to pass. Steps up. He looks. Over the middle. He's got it. Touchdown Raiders. It's by Cliff Branch. The summer of Cliff. Cliff Branch, all summer long. JT the Brick. Prepare your phone call. I want Cliff content from you. Stabler plays very back to pass. Get the big rush out. Cut the man. Stabler's throwing deep for Branch. He's down at the 20. But 10. Touchdown, Raiders. What separated Cliff was he was amazing, meticulous route runner. As we count down to Cliff, the summer of Cliff on the flagship. And now, here's JT the Brick. And filling in for JT today, here's Harry Ruiz. Oh, yeah. July 1st, training camp is right around the corner. It's this month, Raider Nation. Let's get excited. Football is almost here. And with football, we know that the Hall of Fame is also almost upon us. And with that, Cliff Branch will finally get what he deserved, being inducted into the Hall of Fame on Saturday, August 6th. It's right around the corner. A little bit over a month, and Raider Nation, I'm excited on this Bobby Bonilla day. He's getting a little bit over a million bucks in his pocket, like he will for every year for the next 13 years. He's a smart guy. His agent was a smart guy. He got him paid not only back then, but also in the future. Call in, Raider Nation. I want to hear your Cliff Branch story. 702-365-9200. I had the honor of meeting Cliff Branch, maybe the same way that a lot of folks like you did. Every time that I would travel out to Oakland, one of my traditions and one of the things that I would always do was get on the Raiders website two, three days before making the trip, hoping to see if there was going to be an alumni making an appearance out at the Raider Image. You remember that store that was right next to the freeway in front of the Walmart out there by the Coliseum in Oakland? It was always there. Shout out to Tom Lydon, who's the manager out here in the Raider Image now at Allegiant Stadium. He used to be the manager out there, and they always had, a, almost always, had a former player signing autographs and taking pictures. And a lot of folks like me, we weren't able to go every single weekend. When I was in El Paso from 2012 through 2016, I called college football and college basketball games. So I would only have one or possibly two weekends off where I could fly out to Oakland on a Saturday, watch a game on a Sunday, and fly back either that night or the next morning. So one or two games tops per year. And I was keeping my fingers crossed that I would get to meet a different Raider player every time I would go out there with an autograph signing. And Cliff Branch was there for one of those autograph signings, and I was like, yes, that's awesome. I'm going to meet a Super Bowl champion. Not just a Super Bowl champion. He's got three rings. He's historic. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So I was hyped. Went to the store right in front. Made my shopping for the next day, the tailgate. We had to get the essentials and the pre-gaming the night before. Walked over to the Raider image, and there he was. Cliff Branch. And one thing about Cliff Every single fan that would walk up to him, he would meet him with a big smile on his face. That's something I remembered. Cliff Branch would always be smiling. He was one happy dude. I mean, he wasn't getting the Hall of Fame induction like he deserved it, but that didn't make him a Grinch out there. 
He wasn't an, un, an unhappy guy. He was a happy guy. He was out there greeting the Raider Nation. I was wearing a shirt from a brand of T-shirts. Um, I don't remember it right now, but it says Bleed Silver. And back then, it looked really cool because it was brand new. Or here it is. The brand is Die Hard. And they did shirts like these with some stuff that you would recognize from some NFL teams, but they didn't have the licensing from the NFL or the team, so they it would just say bleed silver, and it had two swords. You knew it meant Raiders, right? It meant the silver and black. Cliff saw that shirt, and he was like, that's an awesome shirt. And even just for him to give me that small compliment, it made my day. I was like, that's awesome. I bought one of his 8x10s, and he didn't just, like a lot of folks nowadays, you pay for an 8x10, you pay for an autograph, and he'll just sign a simple autograph, right? Cliff Branch, no. He signed the autograph. He put the Super Bowl stats on it. He personalized it. He took his time with every single fan that he met that day. And I left with a great impression of not only a legendary player for the franchise that I'm a diehard fan of, but also a great person, a great human being. And everybody I've spoken to that knew Cliff Branch I haven't heard a bad thing about him, and that's what this is all about. The Summer Cliff, he's getting finally justice made for him, being inducted into the Hall of Fame on August 6th. A little bit over a month away we are from that huge day, not only for the Branch family, not only for the Raiders family, but for the whole Raider nation. And I know that we got another representative with Richard Seymour also getting inducted so that's cool. Two former Raiders getting inducted, but Cliff Branch, he's one of our guys. You saw him win the Super Bowl, hoist the Vince Lombardi trophy, wearing the silver and black. Richard Seymour, he was a great leader in the locker room. He didn't get to enjoy winning seasons like Cliff Branch did. He isn't revered right now or in the past like Cliff Branches. So Cliff Branch is a huge deal for every single fan of the Raiders. And a lot of folks like me, we were born after Cliff Branch won those Super Bowls. But I know that the Raider Nation, we're a smart fan base. We're a smart family. And we love documenting ourselves with everything that has happened in this franchise. And you go and watch, especially now on the age of YouTube, you can go and watch any game that has been played in NFL history. Or you can go online and pay for the NFL NFL service to go watch archives of the league. But if you don't want to pay, I know you can find stuff out there online. You can go watch everything that Cliff Branch did for the Raiders and what he means for this franchise, and it's big. And hopefully in 20 years or 30 years, we're talking about guys on the current team getting inducted into the Hall of Fame in the same way that we're talking about Cliff Branch today here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. I posted that picture right now on social media if you want to check it out. Shout out to Cliff Branch. Shout out to the Raider image. That was something that I would always enjoy. And hopefully, you know what? Now that things are moving forward after the pandemic or with what's happening now with the pandemic, with the knowledge that the experts have on it, why not? On game weeks out here in Las Vegas, hopefully there's some autograph signings out there at the Raider Image at Allegiant Stadium. Some appearances by the Raiderettes. You have folks out there that are making trips 
from LA, from Oakland, from the East Coast, from other countries, from Mexico, from South America, from, from Europe to enjoy a game day at Allegiant Stadium. And there, most of them aren't just arriving on game day. They're arriving a day before or two days before and are enjoying Vegas. Can you imagine that if we go back to that tradition that used to happen in Oakland where you would have alumni signing autographs the day before at your team store? That would be pretty cool. You have a couple of Raiderettes out there taking pictures with the fans. You get more folks walking into your store, buying your merchandise. I know that a lot of people already do it, but if you give them that incentive that a former player is going to be out there, that would be something awesome. And I'm just putting it out there. I don't know if it will happen or not. I hope I don't get in trouble with the Raiders for pitching that idea. But I would think I I think that would be something cool for the Raider Nation to be able to meet former players and be able to tell a story like this in the future. I think that picture I took with Cliff is at least eight or nine years old. And I was the happiest guy in Oakland that day. And the next day, I don't remember if we won or last that game, but I remembered once I went back home to El Paso, hey, I met Cliff Branch. That was awesome. So if you have a story, Raider Nation, that you want to tell about the Raider legend and now 2022 Hall of Fame uh, member, he's going to be officially enshrined on August 6th, Cliff Branch, you want to tell a story about you meeting him? Your experience being with them, please call us 702-365-9200 here on the JT The Brick Show. It's Friday. We're closing out the week strong. We got four guests today. 1220, Enrique Vasquez, Spanish play-by-play announcer for the Houston Texans and the Oklahoma Sooners. We'll be talking, of course, Texans football. They face the Raiders this year and Oklahoma, all the stuff that's going on in college football. At 1240, Omar Smith, the coach with the Apex Predators, one of two local teams that will represent the Raiders at the NFL Flag Championships at Pro Bowl Week. At 1 o'clock, our very own Vinny Vonsignor from Raider Nation Radio 920 AM and the Raiders Insider for the Review Journal. He will be joining me at the top of hour number two. And at 125, Danny Crisostomo, the captain for Las Vegas Lights FC, the pro soccer team in town. They play in the second division in USL Championship. They've won three games in a row, and they're going for four tomorrow night out here in Las Vegas. And believe me, it's fun out there at Cashman Field. I enjoy my time out there at Cashman. So that's something that once you have a winning product on the field, the city will support you. And right now, the Lights... They're having a pretty good season. They're in a playoff spot right now. It's halfway through the season, so a lot can happen. But so far, heck, they've been around since 2018. And just this win last week has made them the first time in franchise history with three wins in a row. So it's time to enjoy some soccer out here in Las Vegas. All right, Raider Nation. So you know how right now with the offseason, a lot of folks put out stuff with their opinions with rankings and they irritate Raider fans when the Raiders aren't put in a top spot and of course JT he was out here all the way until Wednesday and he spoke about the defensive backs and pro football focus and their rankings ranking of the Raiders defensive back uh, position group and it wasn't very good for the Raiders and I get it they got a lot to prove today Pro Football Focus ends up putting out um, 
ranking for some of their cornerbacks. And I'll be honest, I'm not a subscriber of theirs. I don't pay monthly or yearly, so I don't have access to all the content. But Sam Monson, he posted the premium stats that had splits on man and zone for the cornerbacks. And I got lucky, Bobby. They had five players listed, and one of them was a Raider. So here you go. Number one with an 89 grade with the top cornerbacks in man coverage during 2021 NFL season, J.C. Jackson. He had an 89 grade. And why did he end up getting paid by the Chargers? $40 million guaranteed, $82.5 million total for five years. That's the reason. So he's number one. But number three on that list of the top cornerbacks in man coverage during last year is Rock Yassin from the Raiders, who the silver and black traded Yannick Ngakwe for. He had a 79.4 grade. So we know he's coming in pretty much as a loner because it's a one-year deal. So it's a prove-it deal for him, both showing it off for the Raiders if he wants to stay in the silver and black, but also to the rest of the teams in the NFL, everybody's going to be watching. But I was shocked. Rocky scene number three in man coverage. I'm pretty sure. The good thing here, Patrick Graham, PG, the new Raiders defensive coordinator, everything I've heard is that he uses the players in the position that suits them the best. Not because he comes in with the system. He's going to make them fit. Like, okay, no, you have to play here because I say so. It's like, no, what are you best at? This? Okay, let's have you play that. It's like last year, Jonathan Abram. We saw him work the best when he was up by the line of scrimmage. You know deep, he was struggling. So you put him up front. Here, the Raiders right now with Rock Yassin, with these stats from Pro Football Focus, which, by the way, they're not the end-all, be-all of stats. But... It's a good parameter to check out. They have Rocky seen as a number three graded cornerback in all of the NFL during the 2021 campaign. That's good. And now the Raiders, we got to see what happens on the opposite side. Because, of course, Trayvon Mullen, we saw on social media last month, he got a surgery. Or, well, now we're in July, so in May. He got surgery. We haven't seen him out practicing. Personally... I know last year was a struggle because of injuries, but I loved it when he came into the Raiders in 2019 as a rookie and he started getting snaps. They liked his quality. They kept him in there. In 2020, he looked good, and I know he had a couple of rough games, but I still haven't lost hope in him. And the good thing, too, it's a prove-it year for him as well. It's the last year of his rookie season. So the Raiders secondary they got a lot to prove and the best part is worst case scenario something happens with these two guys you got a guy on the slot cornerback position right there in the nickel with Nate Hobbs who last year as a rookie nobody expected anything out of him but he balled in the preseason he was amazing with the Raiders in the preseason. How good was he in the preseason? He didn't play in the last game in the preseason because they told him, you got your spot in the 53. Stay in Vegas. Don't go to San Francisco. Don't get stuck in the traffic out there in Santa Clara. You stay here in Vegas. Let everybody else go fight for their spot. Nate Hobbs, I think eventually, is going to make the transition out to be on the outside. And he has potential to be great. 
Last year, it was just a taste of what he can do. If that was him with his productive in his rookie season, I can't imagine what's coming up for Nate Hobbs. So, okay, pro football focus. They can have the Raiders defensive back room ranked pretty low. Like we said, this all is bulletin board material. The Raiders, they, they've they seen it, I'm sure, that a lot of folks have them ranked last in the division. And the like you saw Derek Carr, CBS Sports put him as the fourth best quarterback in the AFC West. And that's how I'll say it, fourth best quarterback. You can say last place, like all the Instagram accounts and all the Twitter accounts, they ranked him the worst quarterback in the AFC West. I'm like, heck, when you're in the division with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, a guy like Justin Herbert, a guy like Russell Wilson, and you add Derek Carr, they are four talented quarterbacks. It's all right. Doubt him. Doubt him. I'm good. I'm good being the underdog. Raider Nation, that means that you get points in your hands if you end up going to bet a couple of games. You're good. Or you can even bet the money line and make plus money. So I'm good being the underdog. So Raider Nation, this is the JT The Brick Show. We got four guests today. And we're going to start off with Enrique Vasquez, the Spanish play-by-play announcer for the Houston Texans and the Oklahoma Sooners coming up after this commercial break. This is the JT The Brick Show. And remember, we're brought to you by Remy Martin, legendary quality since 19... Sorry, since 1724. Sorry, let me go again. Legendary quality since 1724. Remy Martin, discover your favorite Remy Martin cognac. Enjoy the smooth taste and aromatic richness of Remy Martin cognac. Baker's got it, fakes a handoff, rolls right, sets up. He's going to fling it deep, looking for Needy. He's open. He's got it. 15 to the 10. Stiff arm, you sit down, and it's a touchdown. A 65-yard strike just like that in a blink. Mayfield to Westbrook, and the Sooners are back on top. There you hear Baker Mayfield when he was back there with the Sooners in Oklahoma. And why are we playing an Oklahoma Sooners highlight? Well, because I'm honored to have on the air here on Raider Nation Radio, the Spanish play-by-play announcer, not only of the Houston Texans, but also the Oklahoma Sooners, Enrique Vasquez, who is going into his 30th year broadcasting NFL games. Enrique, it's great having you here on the air on Raider Nation Radio. How are you? I'm doing well, Harry. Thanks for having me on. Yes, excited about the, this new coming season for, for the Texans and, of course, also for the Oklahoma Sooners as we have uh, Dylan Gabriel stepping in in the beginning of the Brent Venable there. Oh, absolutely. And the Texans last year, four wins, 13 losses in 2021. Uh, two of the wins were against Jacksonville, but but you look at the other two wins, you beat a playoff team in Tennessee and a very good Chargers team. The Texans, they have potential. And Nick Casario, can you talk to me about the construction he has been making with this team since coming over from the Patriots, the new uh, Houston Texans general manager? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like what uh, Nick has been able to do to get in order. It's certainly a mess when he took over, not only with the salary cap and the roster and the buildup and, and all the, the lack of draft picks, but now he seems to uh, he's gotten in order the the, the the salary cap problem for 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 one he's gotten rid of a lot of contracts and he's put together a nice roster of, of guys of veterans 
Uh, first year he came in and signed a, a bunch of uh, one-year contracts and made the team competitive. And, and now with, with the draft that he's able, able to get with the Deshaun Watson deal, he's, he's done a good job putting a roster together. And, of course, everything hangs in the balance with what uh, Davis Mills will be able to do in the second season. He, he came in early, maybe a year early to the NFL. He, I, I don't know that he was ready to come in, in last year, and, and he took a gamble leaving Stanford early uh, because of not knowing what was going to happen with COVID and coming off his short season in the Pac-12. So he rolled the dice, came to the NFL, and it was clear that early on he just wasn't ready. But after he sat and came back and finished out the season, he did a really nice job. And, and, and I like that, that he was able to, 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 to now work with uh, Pep Hamilton, who's going to be the new offensive coordinator, and, and having worked with him and, and, and knowing what Pep has done over, over his career with young quarterbacks, especially with Justin Herbert lately, uh, if that, if that's the, the, the same path that he can develop with uh, Davis Mills, and I think the two are going to be successful. We're talking with Enrique Vasquez, play-by-play announcer for the Houston Texans and Oklahoma Sooners and Espanol. Uh, the Texans, they're coming into Las Vegas on October 23rd, 105 kickoff out here at Allegiant Stadium. And the quarterback situation was a very interesting one because for a while the Texans had, who a lot of folks uh, entertain as one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and Deshaun Watson, and then they didn't. And now with Davis Mills taking over, do you see him just as a guy that that might be there uh, as a placeholder in case something big comes in the next draft? Because in 2023, we know that there's a lot of big names coming into the NFL from the college level. Yeah, no, I, I think Davis is going to be a, a good option to see where, where he develops. Uh, like I said, last year he wasn't ready when he first stepped, when he had to step in uh, with the injury situation that they're at the quarterback position. But now and how he finished the season, really when you look at the numbers, he was just as good as Mac Jones uh, as a rookie coming in, and 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 this and that's with the lack of running game. There was really no running game whatsoever for for the Texans. They averaged less than three and a half yards a pop. So if you if you could do the, what he did, especially that Charger game that you mentioned here at the, at the close of the season, that if he can grow on that and and they can establish a running game, Marlon Mack is a new running back. Uh, Damian Pierce, they picked him up in the draft from Florida. If they can have some semblance of a running game, that that's going to help. And like I said, uh, Davis finished the game. The, the season strong last year. He has a better receiving core. Joe Mechie, uh, the rookie uh, receiver from Alabama, is going to jump in in the slot where the Texans have really not had a legitimate slot guy in, in quite a quite a few years, if, if ever. Uh, so that that alone is going to give him better options. He knows the offense better. So I expect that actually Davis is going to. We're going to find out. The, the pressure is going to be on him to, to grow. And, and if you can show them that he's a, he's a quarterback that they can count on, then uh, when, uh, when you look at the draft coming up in 2023, they have two two more first round picks. So you can do uh, you can have so many more options if Davis Mills has a good season. Absolutely. And talking about the draft the, that was out here in Las Vegas, by the way, this year, uh, the Texans, they had two, one, two ones, two twos, two first round picks, two second rounds pick. They ended up going with Derek Singley, quarterback, cornerback from LSU and Kenyon Green from Texas A&M as a guard. What do you think about the overall draft for the Houston Texans? They, they got the team better. And they got the team better. There may be some question marks coming in, as you mentioned, Derek Stanley, that he's coming off an injury, a foot injury. But he's been he was available in OTAs and all the uh, offseason uh, work that the team was able to do. And I think he's going to be ready to go 100 percent by the start of training camp. Uh, Kenyon Green also had a like, like just uh, a minor uh, 
today, but he'll be ready to go. And John Metchie, of course, coming off the ACL, he may be the one that may be a little bit delayed in getting going 100%, but I think he'll be okay. Uh, you know, but I like what they've been able to do. Those are quality guys that the able to pick up, and then obviously the development of some of the younger guys. All six of the draft picks the Texans picked up last year, you know, important rotational guys are a couple of starters. So if you can get that kind of productivity from this new draft class, uh, I like what the Nickus area has done to rebuild his roster. Yeah, and of course, everybody focuses on those first couple of rounds, the first two days of the draft, but the productivity that you can get from day three draft picks, that's huge, especially looking at the Texans next year. You guys have 11 draft picks, including two first-rounders, one second and two-thirds, and then the rest in day three. If Nick Casario keeps building this roster the way he has over the last year and, and, and a little bit more, I think the Texans can be something that can flip the switch real fast. Yeah, and he's going to have a room in the salary cap to work with if he wants to go to the free agency route to you know fill some holes. So yeah, I like it. And then when you look back at the last ten years, you know Texas has won the division five times, and which is dominant really over over the teams. So now, if we can just get some consistency and some one play at the quarterback position. I think the team will be okay. And I think that really the most important thing is that they were able to clear this Deshaun Watson situation as far as, you know, the football side of it and what he was able to get and pick up and just move on from that situation, just clear that that over the head of the, the franchise. So so on the football side, obviously, there's there's still legal legal procedures that, that are going through, and then the Texans are, are being involved in some of those uh, some of those lawsuits and, and, uh, and court situations. But on the football side, Matt cleared the situation, and I like what he's been able to do with that. Yeah, it's better to leave that problem now on the football field for the Cleveland players. I think Kareem Hunt said, "Is like, yeah, it's a distraction. We don't like having it. And now the Texans not having him on his roster, I think, is the best decision possible. Can you believe a lot of Raider fans, the folks that are listening to us right now on Raider Nation Radio, they were like, we want Deshaun Watson. I'm like, can't you see all the issues that are happening out there in Houston? You want to bring that out here to Vegas? I'm like, no, thank you. I'll pass. Talented player, but he has a lot of baggage right now. If you are okay with it, can we talk a little bit about Oklahoma Sooners football? Absolutely. Absolutely excited about it. What uh, uh, Start the season here at home against UTEP and, and get going. And really with Brent Venables and the changes that just uh, you know, all of a sudden showed up last year. I remember last year when we finished up the regular season at, uh, at the Bedlam game against Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, the team lost, disappointed. Uh, they weren't able to close out and get into the the. And, and, you know, at the end of the press conference, Lincoln Riley's talking about, hey, I'm, I'm not going to go coach, uh, what was it, uh, Florida, wherever he was going to claim that to not go. And we sort of took a deep breath and uh, thought everything was going to be okay. We're going to get ready for the bowl game. When the news hit on, on, online, it's like, the, the, you know, Riley's going to USC. He's like, what in the heck is going on? I thought we were all clear of that. But coming off of that, I think maybe. Sooner Nation in its entirety right now is in a better place. I think they're content of, of the situation, how it was resolved, the way that Lincoln left and how Brent Venables has come in and really just got the whole uh, fan base excited. Yeah, and Oklahoma, they announced uh, that they're moving also to a different conference, the SEC. They're targeting 2024, both Oklahoma and Texas. And this is happening It's at all college football. We just heard the news yesterday, USC and UCLA. You got to chase the money. You got to chase what's best for your school. How do you think the Sooners will fare out there in the Southeast Con- Conference? 
Uh, you know what? I, I think that having a couple of seasons uh, to get under uh, under what uh, Brent Venables wants to establish as, as a brand new brand of uh, center football is going to help them get get to that point. And he he has the connections, obviously, having worked in, at Clemson and having uh, the success that he had over there, so that he can recruit the players that you can win with. And, and what I'm talking about is really the line of scrimmage. You know, if you can if you can win with the line of scrimmage on the defensive side, then you can compete because offensively, I think there will be always be able to get top talent that you can uh, move the football with. So uh, having these two next couple of seasons under his belt uh, is going to help the, 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 you know, when they come into the SEC. But, of course, you know, that, that's just a different brand of football. You have to compete every weekend, uh, which really wasn't the case in the Big 12 anymore. Uh, you know, Oklahoma just really had three maybe games that they had that really were pushed a week in, week out. So this is going to be brand new. It's going to be competitive, but, but I like it. I, I like having to go into Alabama, having to go into Auburn, and all these schools and, and, and you know Tennessee and, and and compete at that level week in and week out. Competition only makes you better. And talking about competition, that quarterback room for the Sooners the last decade, and and specifically talking about that five-year stretch where you guys had Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. How crazy were those games, and how did the Sooner fan base react to having such quality quarterbacks on the field? Well, you know, truth be told, Harry, I think we took all the credit on the Spanish side. Because we can't, of course, the second season of Spanish radio, uh, Kyler Murray was the third season. Here comes another Jalen Hurts with with a good shot. He was probably what two, maybe three interceptions away from maybe winning the the Heisman. So on the Spanish side, we we always take the credit for for all the Heisman's really uh, on the broadcast. Hey, I hope they give you like at least a little statue that says also is like, hey, they helped us out. We're talking with Enrique right. Vasquez, Spanish play-by-play announcer for the Houston Texans and Oklahoma Sooners. Heads up, this is your thirtieth year broadcasting NFL games. How much has the league changed in those three decades that you've been having the honor of having a microphone in your hand calling games? Oh, man, it's been a lot of fun. My first season was back in 1992, the Oilers going up to Buffalo and uh, blowing that 32-point lead. Uh, but uh, it's just been a blast uh, to watch so many Hall of Famers perform. And, and not only that, but I had a chance also to call games uh, for the Cowboys. I had a chance to call Troy Aikman's last uh, game. It's the Redskins. And, and then starting up 2002, it's been a lot of fun. I, I can't complain, and I hope uh, they keep me around for many more years. Congratulations. You do an amazing job. 30 years. Not a lot of folks can say that. So, Enrique, I can't thank you enough for joining me here today on Raider Nation Radio to talk about Texans football because they're coming to Las Vegas, but also Oklahoma Sooners football and everything that's happening around college football. Follow Enrique on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Vasquez underscore Texans. Enrique, muchas gracias, hermano. Gracias. Hasta pronto, Harry. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much to Enrique Vasquez. That game, that Texans game, I hope it's not a trap game for the Raiders. Let's go to back to the phone lines because Gangsta Raider, no, he hung up. Sorry, we had an interview. We had him scheduled. So, Gangsta Raider, if you want to call a little bit later, I got you, my brother. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, the JT, the Brick Show, brought to you by Virgin Hotels. Unleash the Vegas in you at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. Whether you're here for a show, casino, or an experience, book your stay at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas today. Let's go to a break, and we'll be right back here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM.
time to throw. Deep to the end zone to Branch. It is caught by Branch. Touchdown Raiders. Cliff Branch, your second touchdown catch of the day. We're back on the JT The Brick Show, the summer of Cliff. Cliff Branch is going into the Hall of Fame next month. We can officially say that because it's July 1st. So in next month, on August, Cliff Branch will officially be a Hall of Famer. And of course, we love talking about the history of the Raiders because without the past, we can't go into the present and the future. And talking about the future, the Apex Predators... They're one of two local teams that competed and won their divisions at the NFL Flag Regional Championships over the NFL Draft Weekend here in Las Vegas. And I got on the line Omar Smith, who is a coach with them, to talk about how these players, the Predators, have been doing out here in Las Vegas. Omar, how are you? Thanks for joining me today. I'm doing good. How about you? Fantastic. So talk to me about that experience that you guys and your squads had over NFL Draft Weekend out here in Las Vegas. Um, we, we uh, The girls, uh, you know, we as the Apex Predators, we're a local football club, um, and we're one of the rare uh, programs across the country, a handful of us that do all three. So we do seven-on-seven seven tackle and flag for girls and boys. Um, so um, each year, um, the goal as far as flag goes is making it to the NFL flag nationals. They put on a spectacular event, um, and that's where the national champions are crowned. So we had three, uh, we had uh, actually four girls teams. Three of them won the regional 10U or 10U, 12U, and 14U girls teams. They ended up winning it. And so they'll be here in Las Vegas um, playing for the national championship um, during Pro Bowl week next year. You know, we used to have to go to Florida because that's where the Pro Bowl was. We would, it would be a great experience at the ESPN Worldwide Sports Complex. But now we get to represent our hometown in our hometown. So they're, they're looking very much to that. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, the, you guys are going to represent the Raiders in that NFL flag championships held during Pro Bowl week in 2023. And as a reward for your ballers, for your players, you guys were able to tour the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center recently. How was that experience for both the coaches and the players? Um, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, Miles Hayes, uh, the Raiders Youth Coordinator, uh, we've had a great relationship uh, in, in the past um, and present, of course. And uh, we have got introduced to the you know Raiders when we first went to Nationals in 2019, won a national championship. So they've been great to our program ever since. Gave us a tour of the stadium. First time when the stadium was actually being built. Um, you know, they flew us out to, to Oakland um, for, for a game there. And then recently um, given us a tour of the practice facility. So it was good to see where the players' locker rooms were, uh, you know, where they eat at, where they their, their state-of-the-art training, weight rooms, all that kind of stuff, and then the indoor facility. So it's been a good plus. Because, you know, girls, uh, it, it, you know, as far as girls, it wasn't really focused on them in football. And within the last two years, it's really taken off the NFL and the Raiders have back girls in, in football. Uh, one of our girls' teams was on an NFL commercial this past season, which was, which was excellent. And, you know, the high school scene out here is big time, too. And now, you know, girls can play college football. Um, and so now girls are getting scholarships to play college as well. So it's really taken off for the girls, and we're proud to be a part of that. And how important is it having the support of an NFL franchise and more specifically an iconic franchise like the Raiders putting out both for the boys and the girls out there in the flag football community? 
Um, it's big time. The Raiders, um, give them credit. They are very, uh, they do a lot for the community, the local leagues. Um, they really back you sports out here. So I'm lucky that we're able to benefit from that, our, our program also. And so when the Raiders uh, give back the way they have, it really inspires kids. You know, they really want to work harder. Um, it's great to see the local support, especially from an iconic franchise like the Raiders. It's, it's been a blessing that, you know, that, you know, sometimes franchises can just be all about money and winning and forget about the youth. But the Raiders, uh, um, from the high school to the youth to everything they do out here, has been very, very, very legit, very supportive. We're talking with Omar Smith, coach with the Apex Predators, one of two local teams that will represent the Raiders at the NFL Flag Championships during Pro Bowl week. So I hate singling out players, but I'm checking out your Instagram account, which, by the way, if you guys want to follow them, Apex Predators Football Club on Instagram. And I see you guys got Marley on your team, right? Yeah, yeah, Marley. She, uh, um, I want to say, goes to Foothill. Uh, no, Basic. Basic, yes. Um, yeah, Basic. Very, very talented player. She represented our country. Um, um, she just came off a torn ACL, too. And she, she's re- uh, fully rehealed. I talked to her yesterday. She's ready to go for a senior year. Um, already got offered from the top college program in the country, Ottawa. They won the first two. They won back-to-back national championships. So they're kind of like the Alabama for girls as far as football goes. And um, she represented our country at the International Cup um, in Michigan um, a couple of weekends ago. We had three girls um, also from our 14U team. Marley's on was on a 17U team, and she played outstanding. And so I'm looking forward to her doing big things as well some of our other talented girls have gotten scholarship scholarship offers to play at the next level and um what i've been hearing is they're pushing for flag to be an olympic sport so that's kind of why they're doing these international cup things is they're gearing that gearing up for that so a lot of big things as far as girls football yeah so i met marley at the josh jacobs camp last year and oh boy, oh, yeah. I was—I mean, I was shocked just watching her ball. And then there was a one-on-one drill where she broke this kid's ankles, and unfortunately, the quarterback wasn't able to put a dime on her. A yeah. great pass, but it was—I was right there, and everybody was going crazy. And I started following her on social media, Marley underscore Athletics zero two. And she can ball, man. And if that's one of your players, I got a feeling that the talent is out there with with the Apex Predators. Oh, yes, sir. We've got one of the top girls programs in the country. Um, you know, our boys flag does well. And even our Apex uh, tackle teams, especially the Black Wolves, they're, they're going to be competing nationally in AYF. And so we've got very talented kids here. Girl-wise, you know, Macy Johnson, she's one of the top players in the country. we got Tristan Mitchell, uh, uh, Kaylee Phillips. She's uh, one of the top quarters. She's a freshman and one player of the year. We're at Liberty won a state championship, this phenomenal player, and, and they play with us. So even in the off season, they're doing club, you know, they're doing a lot of traveling tournaments with us. And that's what we offer here. You know, you got lo- local league and rec uh, teams, which is fine, but we offer uh, the parents of kids that want to perform at the highest level. So that entails a lot of tournaments traveling. You know, we're always looking for corporate sponsors to really help us out to make it easier for the parents because you, you know how it is in the country right now with inflation and the gas prices. So we give the kids the platform um, to excel, you know, and they've been taking advantage of their opportunities and um, uh, a lot of talent. Um, These girls can play. 
Hey, thank you so much, Omar. If you want folks to follow you, so I saw Instagram. You guys got up there, Apex Predators Football. Uh, anywhere else, Football Club, sorry, Apex Predators yeah, yeah. Football a- Club. Anywhere Apex else Predators where they can contact Club. you? Yeah, we're on Instagram, Twitter. Um, we're on Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. So, you know, we try to feature – it's all about the kids here. We try to feature them, um, and that's, our, that's the platform. So if they can check us out, see what we're trying to do, and then any support locally – you know, we go as far as the city takes us, you know, so the city can back us up and, and help these kids and, and travel and everything like that. We really would appreciate it. Of course. And you look at the success, 2019 NFL flag, 10 under U10 national championship, 2019 hard count athletic U10 national championship, national flag summer, U11 national championship, U12 2021 NFL flag football national championship. I mean, you guys got yeah. successful squad. So if you want your kids to join the teams, go to social media, follow our friends at the Predators. You guys are doing an amazing job. And Omar, I can't thank you enough for coming on board. And I I really love it to hear that the Raiders are showing love to local squads that are doing big things, not only on the local level, but also on the national stage. They they are. And um, it's much appreciated. We've got great parents. We've got great coaches, Um, especially with the girls, Todd Thompson, Brian Lasser, Coach Padilla, Coach Matt, Coach Ricky has been doing an outstanding job. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great to see that the girls are there with the boys. We, you know, we, we push the boys, push the girls. We, we love representing our community. Um, you know, everyone talks about California, Arizona, Texas, Florida with football. We were kind of forgotten. And, you know, we can play out here, too, in Vegas. So that's what we're, that's what we're doing. We're making a name for ourselves. And uh, um, we appreciate the support with the Raiders. They've, they've done tremendous by us. I can honestly say that, you know, so. And, hey, you guys play at a very high level. Omar Smith, coach with the Apex Predators, thank you for being here today on the JT The Brick Show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. There you go. And, by the way, Marley, she's a baller. Check her out on social media, Marley underscore athletics 02. I met her at the Josh Jacobs camp last year, and, oh, boy, she was great. So check her out. Raider Nation, I got another interview lined up for 1 o'clock and 125. So if you want to call, we got five minutes right now. 702-365-9200. At the top of the hour, I got Vinny Vonsignor from the Review Journal and, of course, from our station right here, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We're going to talk Raiders football exclusively with Vinny. And at 125, Danny Crisostomo, the captain for the Las Vegas Lights FC who compete in U.S. So championships, second division soccer out here in the United States. They got a game this weekend tomorrow out at Cashman Field. So we're going to talk about that. We want to thank, of course, our friends at M Resort, the best in gaming, entertainment, dining, and more. Visit the M Resort Casino today, located on the South Las Vegas Strip off of the I-15. And plus, Raider fans, check out the Raiders Tavern and Grill. By the way, I just found out from Mrs. Boletnikoff, Angela Boletnikoff, that Freddie B is going to have a wine signing event there on September 10th. So check that out. We're talking about Raider legends and Freddie B, the first Super Bowl MVP for the Silver and Black. He's back in Las Vegas. He just had the Golf Invitational, the Hall of Fame Golf Invitational a couple of months ago. And he's having, of course, this signing on September 10th. 10th we go out to new jersey mitch how are you hey how's it going harry uh hope you have a hope you're gonna have a good fourth be safe have, have a good one um thank you man i cannot believe with yeah um uh, well first of all uh 
Cliff Branch, I think he's one of the, he was one of the fastest wide receivers in football. Maybe top five. The only I can think about is Bob Hayes. And it took him a while. I mean, he had a great. I think uh, Branch had better numbers than, than Mr. Bob Hayes, but I guess Bob Hayes had a gold medal. And he played for the Cowboys. Um, and Kerry uh, Hill, right? Uh, the ex Kansas City Chief wide receiver. I can't think of anybody that, that was that fast as Cliff Branch. Yeah, man. And I love that number, 21. Oof. A legendary. Legendary 21. with the Raiders, mm-hmm. right? Roberto Clemente's number. Yeah, they should retire that number. I know they got to hold off because we had a lot of great Raiders. And I certainly don't want to see triple-digit numbers, uh, uniforms. I, I'm loving the single tickets. It takes some gold, takes some, you know what, to put, put a single-digit uh, uniform. I'm glad they changed that rule. Thank you so much, Mitch, from New Jersey right there. 21, I'd love to see it retired. And we got Gangster Raider on the line as well? No, we don't. We tried to, right? But let's check. Give me one second. We might have Gangster Raider who's been trying to call in, but he's been coming in a little bit early or late, but we'll try to get him here on the line. That's Gangster Raider. Gangster, how you doing, yeah. man? Man, I'm frustrated. All I want to say is I know it's a day where everybody don't forget it's the Godfather's birthday. Wear some. If you got Al Davis, your Al Davis shirt, or wear some Raiders. Now I can get back to all the nine Raiders. I'm the gangster, y'all. Raider Nation. Raider Nation, right there. Al Davis, yes, his birthday, July 4th, 1929. Happy Heavenly Birthday to the boss who unfortunately passed away. But his legacy will never die with the Raider Nation. We're going to be off, by the way, here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on 4th of July. But we'll be back on Tuesday, morning tailgate, of course, 7 to 10 in the morning. The JT The Brick Show, I'll be back both Tuesday and Wednesday from noon to 2. And, of course, you got El Jefe, Q. He's on the air from 2 to 5 here with Unnecessary Roughness on the JT The Brick Show. So, Raider Nation... It's been a blast so far being here on the JT The Brick Show, and I know a lot of folks have been getting on my case with the situation with me saying 2022 is a prove-it year, and 2023 is when the Raiders are going to be recognized by the league before the season starts as a contender. But first, you have to prove it. Because you always go with who they used to be. And unfortunately, the Raiders, over the last two decades... They haven't been very good. You got those playoff berths both in 2016 and 2021. This upcoming 2022 season, they got to do well. They got to shock the world and just surpass those expectations that they have right now, which from the national media perspective, they're not high. Here in Vegas, in Oakland, in L.A., and anybody that listens to Raider Nation Radio 920, We know that this squad has players. They got ballers. They got a great coaching staff. A coaching staff that wasn't even entertaining offers from teams that they didn't like. There's a lot of coaches in the NFL that they'll take any call as long as they offer good money and a good job. Coach McDaniels, he was reserving those interviews for good opportunities. And for him a Super Bowl champion multiple times out in New England, he said the Raiders, that's a good opportunity. That's somewhere where he can do big things. He took the Raiders, and now this is his squad. 
him and Dave Ziegler. It was a tag team. And they're coming in together because they want to do big things in Las Vegas. And we'll talk about those big things that the Silver and Black wants to do after the break with Vinny Monsignor, Raiders insider with the Las Vegas Review Journal. And, of course, part of the family here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. This is the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Let's kick off this 4th of July weekend. (laughs) 